0: Come on, doesn't it feel good to worship? Doesn't it feel good to be in the presence of others who've come to worship? And Well, hey, y'all, y'all can have a seat, whatever location you're at right now. I, I want to welcome you, Polaris. Welcome, big shout out to Polaris. God's doing something incredible at our Polaris campus. The the energy is off the charts. If you've not been to our Polaris campus, I would encourage you to go check it out. God is doing an incredible work at Polaris in the short north. Big shout out to those who are gathered in the short north. Of course, those who are watching um, on television, online. I I don't know if you realize this, but... Every week, uh, thousands of people gather across the the locations that are um, actually in-person. So Short North, Polaris, Hilliard, soon-to-be Whitehall. Come on, somebody. Anybody excited about Whitehall? Soon-to-be Whitehall but um but all through all through the summer um, we we saw about on on average about ten thousand homes uh, tuned in watching on channel six every single weekend and uh, they 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 say that for each home you can count on about two and a half people per home tuned in and watching that that that's as that's about 25,000 people that are watching on television. And then of course, thousands more online and and, uh, and, and into 350 plus prisons across 49 states, reaching more than 450,000 men and women behind bars. We want to welcome all of you who are here near and those who are joining us from afar. We think it's a pretty big deal that you would choose to worship with us. And I, I think it's a pretty big deal, the, the ministry that we get to do together. I, I love being a part of, of this church. I love being a part of the Capital C Church too. I, I love being a part of what God is doing and, and, and being a part of something that's that's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than all of us. But but God invites us to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. And I, I think that's a a really big Deal, and um, I love what we get to do through the Columbus Dream Center every single day I mean the stories that are coming out of the Dream Center we we, we gave away cars this week come on somebody like we got to give away cars this week through the Dream Center and um, just just to be a blessing and I I happened to be swinging swinging by I was in the short north early um, and I actually um, I, I was getting a haircut real early in the morning and then I had a meeting I had to get to and I had to go to the bathroom anybody ever like you, you just you have to go. And so I'm like, I'm driving to the short north and I'm thinking, okay, um, Lord, please let this building be open. Like let something be happening or or I might be in that back alleyway like everybody else, you know. Um, I, I would not do that, but just saying that there are people that do. Anyway, that's ministry, church. That's ministry. So I'm like, Lord, let, let the building be open. So I, I pulled into the driveway, and of course, it's open. It's, it's really early in the morning, and and um, we, we had volunteers there getting ready to serve breakfast. And um, I, I just happened to, to recognize um, one of our uh, volunteers who, who's just been extremely generous t- toward the church and one of our legacy partners, and, um, and I, I just happened to notice that um, he was on like his knees and he was wearing rubber gloves and he had a spray bottle and some rags and, and he was, he was working the steps of the the, the dream center. And so I approached him and I was like, Hey, Hey, how are, how are you? I haven't seen you in a while. It's good to see you. What's going on? He's like, Oh, I'm just cleaning puke up off these steps. And I, I just, I stepped back a few steps. I was like, wow. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Trust me. I've, I've just about like lost my breakfast a few times, but and I said, that, th- "That thank you, thank you so much. Like that, that's incredible." And he's like, "No, no, no. It's it, it's it's an honor." And and he and he finished cleaning up, and um and and he he's standing there, literally like, puky hands and and, and with puky towels, and and he just for about ten minutes, rather than to go and and wash his hands, he 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 chose instead to stand there for about ten minutes and just tell me story after story after story of how God is, is doing a work on the streets of Columbus. And, and he, he said something to me I, I thought was so profound. He said, you know, all throughout this pandemic, while everybody else was in their homes, he said, I, I was here two to three days a week, every week. And, and just being able to see the needs that people are carrying with them and to be a part of a team that gets to practically meet those needs. And, and he started just to tell me story after story of, of people that, that he had been a part of personally leading into a relationship with Jesus and uh I I just I think we ought to give it up for all of our teams and all of our volunteers and especially those who serve through the dream center come on that's a really big deal amen that's a really big deal and uh and that was not for a photo op. I'm not showing you a picture of that. Listen, that, that, he, he would have been clean and puke had he known the pastor was going to show up that morning or not. It didn't matter. But can I just tell you, when you, when you serve the least of these, you, you know who, who notices. If nobody else notices, heaven notices. Come on, somebody. God, God sees that. And um, I just think it's incredible. And he, he just said, look, we're, every day we're making heaven full. That, that's what this series is about. This is a, a mission value series. And, and so we're unpacking values, the values that this church is built on. And, and all of our values go to support this mission. And how we say it at Rock City is, we are here to make heaven full. Amen. That's why we're here. It's the only mission that matters. It's what Jesus came for. It's what he gave his life for, to make heaven full. Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in heaven except through me. People need to know who Jesus is. Romans chapter 10, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is why Jesus commands his church in Mark chapter 16 to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all people, all creation. Why? Because people need Jesus. Amen. Jesus is our only hope. And if we don't go, nobody goes. If we're not serving, nobody's serving. If we're not sharing Jesus, who's sharing Jesus? Because this mission wasn't given to the world. This mission was given to the church for the world. Amen. This mission to go into all the world, to declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus. That's a mission given to the church for the world to make heaven full. And so we're unpacking values, and I've covered seven so far. Six, but I'm gonna give you a bonus one today just for those of you who've been tracking with me. Number one, we are for the one. If Jesus came to seek and save the lost, then we too will seek and pursue every lost one until every lost one is found. Jesus tells us back-to-back-to-back stories in Luke 15 about how valuable the one is, and he tells us very plainly that if I've got 99 kids who are in my house, safe and secure, and already on their way to heaven, I'll leave them for a moment so I can go after my one lost kid wherever he or she might happen to be in the world, and I'm gonna bring them back home. I'm seeking them, I'm gonna find them, no matter the cost, whatever it takes, amen? Amen. So I can bring them home. And then Jesus tells us that that not only um, would he be rejoicing on earth, but that every time a lost person is found, heaven rejoices, heaven celebrates. And so we say, look, if, if celebration is a value in heaven, then celebration needs to be our value on earth. We celebrate. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. Here's another value. We are becoming day by day, step by step, fully devoted followers of Jesus. Here's another one. We always bring our best. Excellence honors God and inspires people. Here's another value. We will not be complacent. A church that never stops going is a church that never stops growing. And, and when we unpack this value, we said it's not just numerical growth, but as, as the church grows, as we grow, we are growing. We, we might be growing numerically, but, but, but the goal is also not just numerical growth, that's also spiritual growth, right? Spiritual maturity. And I would just... Uh, Kind of side note here, I, I didn't say this in, in the, the message on spiritual growth, but I, I, I felt like it was important to, to let everybody know that, that, that spiritual growth isn't measured by how much you know. Come on, somebody. Because there's a lot of people who know a lot about God, but they're not making a difference for him. And so how I would say it is, is like this. If, if what you know doesn't convict and compel you to go, then I'm not sure that what you know matters all that much. Like Satan knows the word. When, when Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan was, was quoting the Bible. Some of you can't even quote one scripture. I, I promise you the devil knows more scripture than most Christians. It's not about what you know. It's about who you know and who you choose to follow with your life. Spiritual maturity has very little to do with what you know. It has, it has so much more to do with becoming day by day more and more like Jesus. And Jesus was an all mission person, Amen. And so we need to be on mission. We're laser-focused. Now, this, this is the one that I know if, um, if you're laser-focused and you've been tracking throughout this series, you, you'd say, well, um, if this is a recap, we've not actually gotten to this actual uh, value, and that's because I ran out of time in the message last week. Come on, somebody. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't fit it in. I, I got so laser focused on the end of the message that I, I, I missed this one. So hey, there, it happens sometimes. We're laser focused. We can do more by doing less and that's what I chose to do last week. We did cover this one though, number seven to 12. We are contributors, not consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world around us. And what I wanna do today is I wanna, I wanna hone in on, on one phrase and one word. One phrase from this last Value that I just read to you. We are the church. This phrase, we are the church. I I, I want us to hone in on that. We are the church. And and I want to emphasize one word that's represented in every single one of our values, all 12 values, and it's the word we. 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 We have been called by God. We have been set apart by God. We had been given a mission by God to accomplish together. We have a purpose in Christ. And today's value, it, it also, it uses this word, we show honor to those who've come before us, to those who run with us, to those who will carry the torch after us. It's why I opened the message the way I did. I just wanted to show honor to somebody without giving a name as uh, who, who's running with us, who who was just, serving the least and, 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 doing what a lot of people wouldn't even want to do on his hands and knees, serving Jesus by serving the least. We, we show honor to those who've come before us, knowing that we didn't get here all by ourselves. we, we're standing on the shoulder of, of, of giants. We're standing on the shoulders of, of men and women of faith who for, for generations have prayed and, and plowed and sown and, and planted and, and fasted for a move of God like, like what we get to be a part of. They, they've prepared the way, and, and so we're, we're kind of riding on their coattails. We're, we're, we're preaching the same message that, that Peter and Paul preached. Come on, somebody, that, that, that Mary and Martha declared. We're, 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 we're preaching the same gospel as the early church because we're one church. We, we are on mission together. We show honor to those who will carry the torch after us, which is why we, we invest so much in the next generation. It's why we, we're always talking about what God's doing in our kids ministry and youth ministry, because we understand that that this church won't outlive, outlast all of us if we're not empowering the next generation and giving them opportunities to lead and encouraging them in their gifts and and championing their strengths and the presence and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit on their lives. But I want you to see this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. It says, since we are all one body in Christ, it's not just that we have been given a mission. It's not just that we have a purpose. It's not just that we've been called to God. I want you to see this. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong. Come on. Turn to the person standing, sitting next to you. Tell him we belong. Come on. Not, not, not to your second choice. We belong. We belong. But put that, put that verse back up. Notice what it says. We belong not just to God. That, 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 that should, you should know that you belong to God. But what he's saying right here is we belong to each other. And then he, he takes it one step further and he says, not only do we belong to each other, but we each, each one of us needs the other. Now, how many of you get, get, get a little frustrated with like super needy people? Any, anybody like just kind of, you get put off by like the super, super needy people? I, I'm not talking about the people that actually have needs. I'm talking about the overly needy people. Just the like, it's, it's just too needy. You frustrate me. I don't know what to do with you. You always need something. Sometimes I, I think that, 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 that it, the, the people most frustrated by the, the most needy think that, that you actually don't need anything. No, no, no. We belong to each other. We need each other, each one of us, every single one of us. Those who who think we're so strong, those who know just how weak we really are, we each need each other. Amen? We need each other. What we've been called to, what we belong to, this, this mission that we've been called to accomplish Together, I I think the best example to to, to see the power of we is the early church in Acts chapter two, starting in verse 42. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everybody was filled with awe at the wonders and and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They, They were in it together. It was a we thing. They had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anybody as he had need every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. It was a wee thing when it came time to worship. It was a wee thing when it came time to breaking bread in their homes. They they would eat together with glad and sincere hearts and they would praise God together and they enjoyed the favor of all the people together. And the Bible says that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But when you look at the early church, it was a we thing. It, it wasn't just a a, a a you thing or a her thing or a him thing. It was a we thing. They were together, not apart. Everything they did, it was a we thing. They were on mission together. They served one another and with each other. They they had each other's back. They they were praying for each other. They were encouraging each other. They, they, they were arm in arm, linked together, doing the work of the ministry together. See, we We think teamwork is a really big deal. We think this we thing really matters. And I could have put a whole bunch of things in this blank. We think family's a big deal. We think connection's a big deal. We think small groups are a big deal. Whatever. We think teamwork is a really big deal, because what I think teamwork communicates is it communicates the mission, but it also communicates the belonging to something greater than each and every single one of us. You see, we see something in the early church that they were on mission together, but they were also deeply and intimately connected, engaged with one another. They, they cared for one another. They, there, there was a deep sense of belonging a sense of unity, family, togetherness. They, they were encouraging to one another. They met together daily. They, they prayed for and with each other daily. And if I could just ask you this question, who do you have in your life that you could call at any moment, any time of the day. It could be 3.30 in the morning and you know that person will answer the phone and they, they will be by your side, not when, not when they want to be, but when you need them to be. Who do you have in your life that you can say, Hey, I need you to pray for this. And, and you can pretty much count on that they're not going to sleep tonight because they're going to be up all night praying for you and interceding for you or, or praying with you. Who do you have in your life that you can lean on? Who do you have in your life that's encouraging you? Who do you have in your life that's encouraging you to follow Jesus more closely than you've ever followed Jesus before? Who do you have in your life who's got your back spiritually? Who do you have in your life that you feel like, look, we might not be physically related, but we're related. Come on, somebody. We're family. I know you drop anything at any time for me, just like I would drop anything at any time for you. Do you have somebody? Is church just something that you go to or is the church who you are? Do do, do you walk through the doors of the church every week, or do you tune on, tune in on television, or or are you watching online? And and it's something that you 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 sort of you you kind of you 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 you're a bit a part of. Like if somebody asked you, "What church do you belong to?" You'd say Rock City Church, but really you don't feel a, a real strong sense of belonging. Like I think about. Truly the, the tens of thousands of people in our city who, who would likely say if asked, what church do you belong to? And, and they would say, Rock City Church. But, but how far fewer the number of those who would actually say, no, no, it's not just that I belong. I mean, I, I really belong. Like, like, like this isn't just church. Th- this is family. Like, like you don't under- understand. I I can't live without my family. Like, like we've got each other's back. I I've got friends. Like, it- it's 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 not just skin deep. It's blood deep. It's it's spirit deep. It's 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 deeper than that. I, I mean, I'm telling you. Like, I belong. I belong. I-, I wonder how many people would say Rock City's my home church, but you're not you're not living with the benefits of. What a home ought to, ought to bring into your life. You, you're living without the benefits of, 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 of what, what God really intends for his church to experience. There, there, there's a, a disconnection, even though we're, we're so connected in the world, there, there's a disconnect, connection in your soul. There's a relational disconnection. I go to church, but I'm not sure that I belong to church. It's a a place that I go to, but I'm not sure. It's a family that I I belong to. And I just wanna say, if you've ever felt disconnected, if if you've ever felt like, I don't know if I really belong, I don't don't really know if I've ever felt this deep, personal, intimate connection with, with somebody else on a spiritual level, then this message is for you. And I think it might surprise you at just how far God would go to drive this idea home for you and for me, that we belong not just to him, but to each other, that that we're a part of something incredible. The church, his family, the body of Christ, this incredible community of believers and that there is so much that I've been called to and and you've been called to that that we will never see nor will we accomplish if we continue to pursue it all by ourselves and on our own that, that there is so much in life that that we'll never experience if we're trying to live this life all by ourselves but when we connect and when we engage and when we embrace the the unity and the connectedness of the church and we understand what it is we belong to and who it is we belong to life will never be better than that in genesis chapter 2 verse 18 i i think it's interesting god God says it is not good for man to be alone and he says i'll make a helper suitable for him but but i want you to notice this is genesis 2 verse 18 sin doesn't come onto the scene until genesis chapter 3 And so the first issue, problem, if you will, that God addresses in the scripture, it's not sin, it's solitude. God says, it's not good for man to be alone. I, I, I've got I've to create a helper suitable for him. And if you've ever wondered why is marriage and the church under such brutal attack by the enemy, it's, it's because in order to address this issue of loneliness and solitude in humanity, God created both marriage and the church. It's his answer to our feeling of disconnectedness. It's his answer to our issue of do I belong and and what do I belong to and who do I belong to. And God gives us, speaking of the church, four metaphors in his word that illustrate how vital it is to belong to his family, the church. And he actually gives more than four, but we're going to only cover four today. And and I, I think I said it last week, when God does repeat something, we better pay attention because it must mean something. It probably matters when, when God says something twice. In this case, he says it over and over and over again. He gives us one metaphor of what it means to belong to his church, his family. And if we don't get the first one, he gives us a second metaphor. And if we're, we're, we're dumb enough not to get the second one, he gives us a third metaphor and a fourth metaphor and even a... 5th, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are fellow citizens with God's people. Now, if you're taking notes, this isn't one of the metaphors, but it is a metaphor. So you can just write it down. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. And I think maybe in the, in the new year, we, we might even do a, a whole series on what it looks like and what it means to live by kingdom culture instead of, like, the world's culture. Like, we are, we are fellow citizens with God's people. We, we live according to kingdom culture. But we are also members of his household. That's a metaphor. But here's, here's the metaphor in this passage that we're going to, this is number one. Built on, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which is the word of God. Patrick, I'm preaching your message for you. Patrick Crawford's preaching next week. Come on, somebody. He's preaching next week. I told him he he can preach next week as long as he sings the whole message. (laughs) Built on the foundation of the word of God with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. So here's a metaphor that's taking shape. In Christ, the whole building is joined together, not talking about an actual building, this is a metaphor, and rises to become one holy temple in the Lord. In him you too, you and I, we are being built together to become one dwelling place where the Spirit of God lives. So here's the first metaphor. We are being built together as one holy temple. God uses a building, the metaphor of a building to help us understand we are being made, shaped, built together as one holy temple unto the Lord. Now, I've been a part of a few renovations. I I, I did framing for a bit when I was in college. I, I kind of understand how houses are built. I didn't understand large-scale construction projects until we, we oversaw the renovation of the Dream Center and the Short North Campus. And then, then we, of course, we got to to build Hilliard from the ground up, learned a ton when we did this project. And then we, we did the, the renovation of Polaris, but we're also working on the, the grand scheme of Polaris, which I'm telling you, we're, we're not ready to share it with you yet, but we're getting closer. And what we're planning for Polaris, it's, it, it pales in comparison to anything we've ever done ever before. Anybody excited about what's about to take place in Polaris? It's massive. It is going to be incredible. I can't wait. But I learned a lot about building. Um, I I learned that um, when you start to work with architects, that they might show you something, like you might be looking at a piece of paper, a page that shows you some schematics, but if you don't view that page through the lens of the page that's actually beneath that page and through the lens of the page that actually is beneath that page, you're gonna be missing a whole lot of the the big picture. And and I'll explain what what that means. It means that that sometimes when you're working with an architect, they might show you a page and you're seeing where all the walls go and you're you're seeing how the rooms are gonna be shaped and you're seeing, okay, there's a stage here and there's this there and the chairs are gonna go here and and the exits there and and the drinking fountain's there and you're you're seeing all it, right? But underneath that page, there's a whole nother set of drawings that's supposed to line up with the top page. And then the next one's supposed to line up with the, the, the one above it. And it's got all the electrical and where all the pipes go and where all the outlets go and where the, the sewage lines go. And if anything is out of alignment in any of those drawings, once the building is constructed, like if anything's out of line, it causes a huge, huge problem. And so um, as this building was being built, I, I started walking into spaces and I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's that? Oh, that's our ductwork. work. Ducked what? Ductwork. Well, why is it running like, like literally we had a piece of ductwork running. It was about, um, I don't know, if you're in the lobby, you could have just touched the ductwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, If you were just like three inches taller than me, you'd be walking through our lobby to take your kids to kids' church like this. Okay, this, oh, it's a nice building, hold on. Uh, I mean, literally, like that. They started putting it together like that. Why were they putting it together like that? Because the architect said this is where the ductwork goes. Well, somebody forgot to line up the pages that needed to be lined up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We have to go back to the drawing board. This ductwork has to come down. We've gotta make some changes. Walked into another room and it's like, hey, where's the outlet? What outlet? Well, there's supposed to be a stage here. Aren't we gonna need power? Yeah, I think so. Well, where's the power? I don't know, it's not showing up on this page. Listen, God is using this metaphor to let us know we're not the whole without all the other parts. We're a part and we won't be whole without all the other parts. And the whole won't be whole without all the the other parts. And I want you to consider this. If if you're a part of the whole building, but the building gets constructed and and you are the part that, that, that somebody forgets to attach to the building, what happens to that part? Well, you either find out how needed it was or it ends up getting thrown into the trash and it goes to some dump pile somewhere. But likely what's gonna happen is it might go to some dump house somewhere and then somebody at some point is gonna realize, okay, there's a piece of the floor that, that that's um uh, a little wacky. Why? Well, we're missing a brace down below. Uh, somebody just it, it didn't get connected right. Or, or this wall, it, 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 there, there, there's some integrity issues with this wall. Why? Well, we, we must be missing a part or two in this wall. There, there's an integrity issue in, in the electrical. Why? Well, there, there's a few screws loose. Come on, how many of you ever been a part of a church where there's a few screws loose? Anybody? Anybody notice a few? We've got a few screws loose. Anybody notice? Yeah, there's a lot of screws loose in Rock City. I'm one of them. Come on, somebody. There's a lack of integrity. There's a lack of strength when all the parts aren't just there, but when all the parts aren't connected the way they're supposed to be, when, when all the parts aren't connected to the main frame, when all the parts aren't connected to each other, there, there's strength and their stability, when every part is connected to the main frame, when every part is connected to all the other parts, when, when one parts out of place, the whole buildings compromised. But when every part's in place and connected, the whole building's strong, every piece provides strength to all the other pieces and parts. Now, if you don't understand that metaphor, then let me give you number two, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. We are all members of, let's just say this out loud, members of, say it, one body. For just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of, say it, one body and we all belong to each other. Ephesians 4, verse 12, so that the body, one body of Christ, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, as one body, mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Second metaphor, we are being joined together as one unified and mature body. Now, this is probably the easiest metaphor to understand, because I, I don't know, I, I wonder if, if there's anybody in the room that, that, that maybe you, you lost a finger or a toe, may, maybe a chainsaw or something, anybody, <laughs> raise your hand, like, I was working and, you know, my finger got in the way, anybody, anybody here, uh, there's one, there's one, what'd you lose, sir? The two you lost the end of two fingers. How did you lose the end of two fingers? You were fixing your garage door. You were attempting, right. You needed to probably hire somebody to fix it. Fixing your garage door, you lost the end of two fingers. Did it feel good? Did it cause you pain? Do you wish you had those ends back ever? Come on, somebody. I I wish I had it back. If you've lost a finger or a toe or an arm or a leg or a nose, anybody lose some hair? Anybody? No, no, you don't have to raise your hand. We already know who you are. Come on. We know that we see that. We see that. We know it wasn't a choice just to shave your head. You... Well, if it's not connected to the body, what, what happens? It, it falls off. It withers. It dies. Now, th- think about this. I know, know this might sound a bit harsh, but, but can, can we all just agree that Jesus is wise? Amen. Like he's, and he could have, he could have used any word, any metaphor, any story, any illustration. He could have made up his own word and then told us what that one word that he made up meant. And it could have been the perfect word, but, but he, he chose these metaphors. If if a part of the body is broken off, if it's not reattached quickly because it's not a part of the body, it's not connected to the body, there, there's no blood flow flowing through that part of the body, what happens is that part falls off and it withers and it dies. Paul the apostle is is talking to some new believers and, and he's warning the church. He he's 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 pointing out if you read the, the whole context of the story in Colossians chapter 2, he, he's warning the church of some wacky believers. Anybody ever come across a wacky Christian? Anybody? And can I just tell you, there are wacky Christians in the church Like that show up every week. There's always wacky Christians, but there's a whole lot more wacky Christians who do church all by themselves at home. Come on, somebody. Like they only hear from God all by themselves. They're always writing down what they hear from God. They're, they're always drawing pictures of what they see from God. And there, there's no other part of the body that can co- like like uh, uh, co- confirm or affirm the gifts and, and the words and, and all of the things, the wackiness. But, but there's some real wacky people that are a part of the church, but they're really not a part of any church. And the apostle Paul, he says, They've lost connection with the head who is Jesus and they've lost connection with the whole body that is supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews and it grows as God causes it to grow. You see, we we only have two paths in life. We're growing or there's atrophy. We're getting stronger, we're growing, we're becoming or there's atrophy, which means we're getting weaker. We're we're, we're breaking off and and we're withering away and we're beginning to die. There's only two paths in life. And there's a reason that Jesus uses this metaphor that we belong to the body. Why? Because it is hard, if not impossible, to grow spiritually when you're disconnected from the body. Because eventually you'll break away and you'll become wacky in your own thoughts and you'll become confused in your own mind. We belong to God. We belong to each other. And each of us needs, needs, needs the other. Amen? And I'll be the first to admit I I need the others. I, I can't tell you how often I seek Counsel from others who are wiser, who are smarter, who've led longer, who've been through challenges, who who've gone through what I'm going through in the moment. And I'll make a call or I'll, I'll make an appointment and I'll say, here's what I'm dealing with, or, or here's here's a struggle of mine, or or here's some, here, here's where our church is or our staff is or here's some vision that, that I've got kind of kind of rolling around in my mind. And I, I don't know what to make of it, or I'm not sure how to communicate it to the church. Can can I I talk it through with you can I can I get some wisdom from you can can you give me some insight or, or or maybe would you just pray with me and would you pray for me I need you we need each other and I would also say that this is a great illustration because how many of you have a part of your body that like like your spleen like like nobody knows what that does but we're all glad that we have one I think right And it would just be weird if if we checked ourselves into a hospital and we said, hey, just for fun, would you open me up and just start taking things out? Let's just see how many things, how many pieces, how many parts, how many veins, how many whatever, nerves, whatever, whatever you can find. Let's just see how much you can remove from me and and still like I could function, right? Like how much of my brain can you remove and still I can function? How, How much of my insides can you take away but still I can function? I'm just curious. Nobody would do that. Why? Because we need every part of our bodies. Some parts of the body are more visible, and some parts of the body get more praise. And some parts of the body, nobody knows why they're even a part of the body. You might be that person. Come on, I, I feel like I'm that person so so often. Why am I even a part of the body? I don't know, but God, I'm I'm glad that I am. Amen. Here's a third. John 15: Remain in me, and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit all by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Jesus is the vine. You are the branches. This is Jesus' teaching. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. This comes straight out of the mouth of Jesus. We are being connected together to one living and lasting vine. Jesus is the vine. We are The branches. And together we make up one incredible vineyard that covers the earth. Amen. The the big C church, the capital C church. One great lasting living vineyard that covers the earth. So that John 15, 16, you might go, you might be on mission and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Anybody understanding these metaphors and the, the power of belonging and what it means to belong. Now, I'm going to give you the fourth one, but first I, I'm going to say something that um, uh, you, you might be surprised that I'm, I'm going to say this, but last week, I think it was last week, we, we covered the value. We always bring our best. Anybody remember that message? We bring our best and we, we're, we're always getting better. Anybody remember that one? We bring our best. We're always getting better. There is something that um, we can do better and, and I, I think it's, it's more a matter of maybe we've not communicated how the flow of the service is that it's getting a little confusing it, toward the end of service and so I'm just going to help everybody. Let's do this better. So I'm going to try to lead better. So here, here's what happens. So I'm going to finish this message in just a few minutes. And then normally what happens is a lot of times we'll go into like a half a worship song right after I'm done speaking. Anybody familiar with that? Like it's a pretty straight flow. We're not going to do the worship song today because I'm telling you this today. So but normally it's a pretty even flow. I end the message and then when I end that message, we're about six to seven, eight minutes away from dismissal. But some people don't know that. See, some people think that at the end of that half of a worship song, that would be a good time to turn around and leave the service. And um, I know this because I've been told this. And I was in the lobby after the 9:45 at our Hilliard location last week, and I saw about 150 people trying to get out the doors. I was closing it on people. I'm like, "No, nah, if you're going to leave early, you're going to go through me." Come on, somebody! Like, like uh, I, I'm like, I, I need some cauliflower ear just to, just for some intimidation. You know what I mean? Like, you know. And I don't think it was it was because we we wanted to be disrespectful. I don't think it was because, you know, you wanted to be a distraction to anybody, but just know this. Um, I end the message. We're about six, seven minutes away from the close of the service. We'll tend to sing a half a worship song. And then when that worship song's through, that's when we together, we not only honor God with our giving and we fill out connect cards, but we, we hear about briefly how our giving is making a difference. And that's so important. Like, I don't know how you can be a part of a church and you hear a great message, but then you leave before you, re- you, you get to find out and hear how you're giving and how what we're doing together is making a difference, both in our city and around the world. I, I want you to hear that. I think it's important. You need to know. You need to know that. You need to know that what you're a part of is making a difference and so we do that and that's just a few minutes and then our campus pastor will come up at the end and, and uh, we, we try to limit it to three announcements or less he'll he'll say or she'll say hey hey just a few things for you to know boom 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 and then they'll pray for you and send you out so if we can do better would you wait to the end of the actual service before you try to leave? anybody is that okay can i can i just ask you because it's distracting and and honestly it's discouraging at the same time and uh and then also to parents, you, you need to know what's happening with your kids. So um, I, I've, I've heard from parents um, through, through, like, our staff that, that they'll say things like, well, sometimes parents will try to leave early so that they can be the first to get their kids out of kids' church and kind of skip the line so you can, you know, shave two minutes out of your day by, by skipping the line. But, but what happens is it really, um, it really puts our volunteers in a pickle because um, that's the part of the service when our kids are at their most vulnerable. Um, they're, they're in small group together. They, they might be praying with each other. The main point of the message for the day is being driven home right in that moment. That's the time of the service where a lot of our kids are praying to receive Jesus for the first time in their life. And it, and it really puts our volunteers in a hard place because it's like, okay, mom or dad or mom and dad, they wanna pull little Johnny out, but little Johnny's like, he, he's, he's just starting to understand what today's message means For his little six-year-old heart, and and it's just not doing a, uh, it's doing a disservice to little Johnny, right, to pull him out early. So all that to say, I felt like I needed to communicate because maybe uh, it just wasn't clear that that wasn't actually the end of service. So uh, is that okay? Can can I just try to, and if we need to do something different, we'll we'll figure out how to do something different. Let's just figure it out together. If we're one body, let's come and go as one body. Amen. All right. Last metaphor, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. In other words, we are adopted into one incredible family. Last metaphor, the family of God. But I want you to notice how we're adopted. It says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself, how? Through Christ. And so if you pay attention to that, well, what you might be realizing now is okay, this was a Christian's message. These metaphors don't actually apply to everybody here today, these metaphors only apply to those who are already in Christ. Because I'm not a part of the family of God unless I'm a part of the family of God through Christ. I'm not being built into into, into one holy temple of God where his spirit dwells if I'm not in Christ. If I'm I'm not in Christ, then the spirit of God doesn't dwell within me. You understand? I'm not a part of the body if I'm not in Christ. And so this message, these metaphors, they're for Christians, but anybody and everybody No matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been, anybody in anybody at any time can choose to call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. And the moment you're saved, you're forgiven of your sin. Heaven is guaranteed and you're filled with the spirit of God and you're, bam, you're a part of the body. You're being built into one holy temple. Come on, you're you're a part of the family. You're connected to the vine. So some of you, you might not be connected yet, but you, you can be connected now, amen? And so I'm going to ask you, everybody, to close your eyes and bow your heads. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. If you're not connected to the vine, who is Jesus, you're not a part of the family yet. You've not been forgiven of your sin yet. We want you to belong. God God is inviting you to belong. He, He wants to adopt you. You've not been adopted yet. Would you just say this, Jesus, I want to be adopted into your family. And I need you to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me from the inside out. I trust you as Lord and Savior of my life. I want to be a part, and I choose to follow you right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now, you prayed that prayer, guess what? You're a part of the family, and hey, if heaven celebrates church, come on, somebody, let's celebrate. Welcome to the family. Come on. You're connected to the vine. You belong. You belong. Amen? You belong. Now, now that you belong, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. Close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. I'm going to speak a few scriptures over you, and I just want you to listen to these words. Listen to these words. Just a few scripture right now. Listen to these words. It is better to have a partner than go it alone. Share the work, share the wealth. If one falls down, the other helps. Is there another in your life? Or are you going it alone? First Corinthians 12. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Have you been suffering alone? Hebrews chapter 3, encourage each other daily. Are you encouraging somebody? Do you have somebody to encourage you? Ecclesiastes 4, one one person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Are you vulnerable? Are you one person standing alone? Or, Or are you the two who can stand back to back and conquer? Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now open your eyes. Is there another? Are there two or three people in your life that you can rely on, count on? They've got your back. You've got their back. See, church, this, this message isn't a message that, that you can put to practice in your life without being super intentional. And so we, 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 we feel like the best way that we can help truly engage and connect the church is through small groups so i'm going to ask our team just to put this link up on the the the, the screen and um you can just take a quick snapshot of this you can write this down but but there's 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 something i'm going to ask you to do if you're not already a part of a small group i'm going to ask you would you think about and consider starting one or joining one start one or join one and how, how, how you can know which one you should do is, listen, if you have at least one or two people in your life who love Jesus and they want to follow Jesus with you and you already know them, then, then start a small group. Just the three of you, start a small group, And then then the three of you just start talking about, okay, let's try to meet somebody this next Sunday or let's try to invite somebody that we work with or let's bring somebody in from, from our class at school. If there's already three of us, that's a good start. Let's start a small group and then let's start inviting people to join our small group. If you know two or three people who love Jesus already, then start a small group. But if you don't, If you're here and you're like, I don't know. I don't have anybody in my family that I know loves Jesus. I don't know that I work with anybody who loves Jesus. I've not met anybody in the church yet that I have a personal relationship with. And so what I really need to do is I need to just join a small group. You can use that one link for all of it. You can just click start one or you can click join one and we'll do our best to help you join one. See this verse right here, it's a Galatians chapter six. It says, um, take every opportunity to do good to everybody, but especially take every opportunity to, to do good to those who belong to the family. That means when we're on mission together, we're on mission with each other, but we're also on mission for each other at the same time. Like we're on mission, but, but we're serving each other along the way and we're loving each other along the way. And, some of you, you've been following Jesus a long time and, the, and you know the word and, and uh, you, you, listen, the best thing you can do good for somebody in this church is to open up your home and invite somebody in. And it's scary to invite somebody into your home. I know, because we do it all the time. And it's scary to walk into somebody's home you've never been to for the first time. I know it's scary, but you know what's more scary? Trying to navigate this world all by yourself. What's gotta be super scary for parents right now is trying to raise kids to love Jesus in a culture that despises your kids and hates Jesus. What's gotta be more scary than than opening your home for a small group is is, is trying to navigate your marriage because it's hard to navigate your marriage in this world right now without somebody else that you know that's navigated the issues that you're going through, that's overcome some of the issues that you've been dealing with and they've made their marriage work and they've honored Jesus through it all. They've made mistakes, they're willing to share, they've gone through hell, they're willing to talk about to help you because you might might be going through the same hell they've already learn to overcome. What's more scary is trying to navigate this thing all by yourself, try to, to, to be the only student in your class that you know loves Jesus. You need to be surrounded. We need each other. Amen? And so let's just put this word to practice. Could we, as one family, could we act like we're family? And would you, this week, say, I'm going to make myself at home here. Like I'm not just going to belong. It's not just my church. I'm not just going to say this is family. I'm going to make myself at home here. And that means I'm going to invite somebody into my home. I'm going to step inside somebody else's home or maybe we'll do a small group and we'll meet at church or we'll meet at Starbucks or we'll meet somewhere. I'm going to make myself at home. Why? Because that's the best thing that I can do to be an encouragement to the people who surround me. To help somebody who's new to the faith understand the word. To help somebody who's a new believer to understand what it means to follow Jesus. We need each other. Amen. Would you do that? Would you make yourself at home? Would you make yourself at home? Come on. All right, take a look, watch this.